0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Deliberately Intentional with me, your host, Remy Fagbon. Today's episode is going to be Intentional Parent, Part 2. If you know anything about me, parenting is something, intentional parenting is something that I am extremely passionate about. I think it's coming from a place of me not having that intentional parent in my life. And what does an intentional parent do? An intentional parent is a person that is completely focused on the growth and development of their child. They understand that every moment is a teachable moment and they are there to teach their child from the very beginning, all the traits that will follow them throughout their lives. That's it in a nutshell. Um, But how do you do that? How do I become an intentional parent? I just brought my kid home from the hospital. How do I decide that this is what that person is gonna be? It can be rather daunting if you're not thinking about it intentionally. So what did I do? I think at about six months, sixth maybe the sixth month of my pregnancy, I had started, I'd finally come, I kind of had a little bit of my pregnancy was extremely difficult. So for me, I probably had a little bit of a breather around the sixth month and I could get into it. I'd always known I wanted to be an intentional mom, one that was extremely supportive, one that heard her child's dreams and made it happen and turned it into a reality, but also one that knew that even though you don't know it all, you have the resources to try and find a way to figure it out. But I also knew how important it was to have, as a child, I knew I was lacking in certain regards in that department, and I knew I didn't want my son to lack at all. I've always looked at him as my contribution to the world. And in order to say that I'm contributing anything to the world, I feel like it must be to the best of my ability. And I knew that a lot of that lied on me. So how did I become more intentional? By watching him. I knew from the very beginning that there were certain things that he needed to have in place. Structure, discipline, love, a foundation that was solid. A lot of who he is comes from both of us, but there's also a large part that is just him. But how do you get to decide on what you need to encourage, what you need to discourage, the kind of discipline, and so much more for your child, especially the first day you bring them home from the hospital? Literally by you, again, I said that before, watching them, but also having a rough idea of the kind of individual you want to raise. For me, I've said before, I wanted him to be independent. So if you want your child to be independent, then that means that you need to make sure that you're letting them do certain things. Even if it seems like they're going to, not before their time, obviously, but you need it to give, you need it to be there as a support, be ready if they fall, but also understanding that the little falls here and there are part of their growth. What do I mean? I literally had my son in his own bed from the very first day that we brought him home from the hospital. Of course, my husband <laughs> thought of me as crazy because he's like, well, why is he having to sleep in his own bed? The typical Nigerian parents would either have someone that had come in from Africa or from somewhere to help with the child, but I didn't have anybody. And I had also been reading from early on that the way you start with your child is the way they will continue throughout. So. There are so many reasons why you should allow your child to be independent and why they should sleep in their bed. Number one, the same independence that I'm talking about. They need to know how to self-soothe themselves. They need to also get used to their bed. But most people get them used to their beds and to their body heat. And so, of course, if you've gotten me used to sleeping in your bed, when you now wanna kick me out, of course I'm gonna have a tantrum. (laughs) Of course I'm gonna be upset. So you shouldn't start what you know you're gonna have to wean them off of. I've seen couples whereby their intimacy was affected because their kids have just stayed in their bed. I knew someone that their kids stayed in their bed, stayed sleeping in their bed from birth till three years old. That's three years of interrupted intimacy. That's a lot. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but I was I had already heard about this before I ever had my son. So I knew that I was not going to start something that would be a problem for us later on. Considering we both never had a child, doesn't that mean that I get to choose what this future is going to be? Yep. I do. And that's what a lot of you don't remember to do. You forget that your child is not used to anything just quite yet. You're the one that's getting them used to these things. They don't know whether they're sleeping in the bed or sleeping in your bed or sleeping in your arms is a thing, but we get them used to these things. And that's how we end up having problems later on down the line. Tantrums is the one thing I'm going to actually focus on Efficiently in this particular episode. And I'm going to tell you the story about how I dealt with his very first tantrum. I think it happened at about three or four. I can't remember what age he was, but I remember where we were. We were at Target. We had gone to pick up an item for, I think, for either it was a gift for one of his friends or something. And of course, I was one of those that I never did baby talk with him. I always spoke to him, even if he couldn't understand what I was saying. I always spoke to him normally and told him what we were doing. So I said, we're going to Target. We're gonna pick up something for his friend. I always got him involved. We picked the item up, but he wanted to stay in Target. And I said, it was time to go. He threw himself on the floor. I had been ready for this moment. You see, a tantrum with a child is not what most people think it is. It is actually them understanding that, oh, I have a voice and I'm trying to, I have a voice and I have control over my body. I'm gonna use both of them. So in his case, he started crying and started rolling on the floor. Because I was prepared, I simply smiled, and then I walked away from him, and I let him have his moment. Guess what, after about five, 10 minutes, he realizes that, wait a second, nobody's answering me. Where is my mom? Then he stops crying, stands up and then starts looking, mom, mom, a new set of tears now start to roll down his face because he's like, wait a second, I don't know where my mom is. I'm literally where I can. I'm within eyesight. I could see him, but he couldn't see me. So by the time he called me the second time, I now came out. He holds onto my leg you know, real tight because of course at this point he's like, okay, I just want my mom. And then I came down in that moment and I said to him, when I say it's time to go, it's time to go. We're not doing this again. He says, yes, mom. Whether he remembers what he said, whether he understood what I said, all he knows is that what I just did, did not work in my favor. And that was how I dealt with the tantrum. We never had another one that was one and done. But my point is for bringing this particular instance up is most of us aren't thinking about our kids' development What happens next? And when all of these things happen, what should I do next? A lot of people aren't thinking about it like that in its entirety. But part of being an intentional parent is you understanding that every moment is a teachable moment. Because I was ready. Remember, I said I'd been reading from zero to 10. I was ready for that tantrum before it ever happened. It didn't matter whether it happened in the supermarket or whether it happened in school, whether it happened at home, whenever it came up, I was already determined that this was how I was going to deal with it. And so when it did, I was ready, never happened again. But that's the same thing that you can do for everything. If you're well aware of all the various developmental stages of your child, then you're going to be ready too. You're going to be ready for the workforce. You're going to be ready for when they have first day of school. You're going to be ready for prom. You're going to be ready for, oh, they're going to want to pull away. You'll be ready for all of it. And that's how you become more intentional. See, the thing with parenting is you can't just disappear. You can't say, okay, I checked in yesterday and I'm like, you know what, I'll check in in another six months time. There's a lot that's going to happen within six months. Sometimes it's going to be you literally just being there and you're going to notice something slight. Only if you notice what their baseline was, would you know when something slight changes with them. But if you are a very intentional person and you're looking and you know that you should be learning all of these things, then you're going to be ready for it. I hope that this episode, part two, which is gonna beget so many more. I hope that this teaches you that all of the various things that happen with your child are parts of their development. And I hope that you realize that you have an ability to be ready for it, as opposed to you feeling like, you know what, lost and unaware of what's happening next. And of course, not knowing how to deal with it. It all comes back to you. The intentional parent is always ready for everything and anything, whenever it happens. Thank you, Producer Marv for another amazing episode. I hope that I've helped you guys today. You know where to find me every Wednesday on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Thank you everyone for another amazing episode. Bye.